0: One of the big trade-offs we made was automated testing. We avoided automated testing to begin with if it wasn't something that we knew either wasn't going to change or wasn't like super vital to the product where it can't break. That, that's rough. You know, without automated testing, you're going to need to be very confident in your code changes without that cushion of, oh, something catches when I make a mistake. Turns out that was a good decision because we went from our 1.0 version of our product to the 2.0 version of our product was a big migration and it's completely evolved. And so a lot of that testing work would have just kind of thrown away anyway. I'm Alex Jarkowski. I'm the CTO and co-founder at ClickUp.
1: This is Code Story, the podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries, who share in the critical moments of what it takes to change an industry and build and lead. A team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Lapart. And today, how Alex Jurkowski built the future of work by creating one app to replace them all. All this and more on Code Story. Alex Jurkowski grew up in New Jersey, he has always been into tech and building things, especially in software. Like many others, it started with a lot of video games, like Warcraft, Starcraft, basically the entire Blizzard portfolio. But along with that, it included Legos, Connects, and then progressed naturally into computer science. He attended Notre Dame to study CS, and being a part of the Fighting Irish, he can confirm there is a love-hate relationship with the Rudy story. Post-college, he worked at IBM for a stint in North Carolina. And it was at this point in his life that he got married and then moved to L.A. And he's been there for about five years. He and his co-founder were working on projects together, and they went through multiple workflow tools that didn't fit their work style. They realized that there was a gap in the market where people needed a tool that allowed them to work the way they wanted and have all of their tools in one place. This is the creation story of ClickUp.
0: ClickUp is like one place for all your work. So it's more than just project management. We we bring in your task management, but we also bring in your docs, spreadsheets, goals, chat, outbound email, all into like one workspace that's fully customizable. So you have one place to organize your work and, and really get things done. There are a few tools out there that try to help you to get things done and organize your work, but we we were going through. Me and Zeb were working on other things prior to ClickUp. We were going through multiple different tools, and we just couldn't find one we liked. They, they all kind of have horrible UX, are very opinionated about how your workflow should be. They're, they think you should work a certain way. It didn't fit our work style, and we didn't understand why. There's not a tool out there that you know allows you to work the way you want and get all your things in one place so because we were using you know five different tools depending on the project of what made sense so we saw an opportunity and uh to make something for ourselves and then eventually realized hey other people probably
1: would like this too so tell me about the mvp tell me about how long it took to build and what sort of tools you use to bring it to life
0: for the mvp we kind of um as far as tools go, I mean, we've always been a, a Node.js and Angular shop, so that's just what we are using for, as far as our tech stack, and we're all on AWS, so that definitely, you know, it's not the old days where you gotta handle your own servers or anything, so you can spin up pretty quickly. It took us, uh, I'm not sure how long it took us to get the MVP going. It took us a few months at, at minimum, but it was very minimum. <laughs> it was very, stress the M of the MVP. You know, I think that's pretty important to just continue it. And something we continue to do at ClickUp is just try to iterate quickly, start with something simple and, and continue to add to it. Our first version didn't have due dates. <laughs> like, like you had tasks with no due dates. And then we just continue to iterate, you know, and, and listen to our, our customers uh, about what they needed and what they wanted. As far as building the MVP, I think it's important to stick to that myth. like stick to MVP, uh, get something completed, and then continue from there. You learn a lot by you know, having something to use, having customers using it, and the sooner you can get to that, the sooner you can try to start hitting product market fit and things like
1: that. What made you choose Angular over something like React or Vue or something like that?
0: At the time we started building ClickUp, Popularity for Angular and React were probably about similar, uh, and Vue was pretty much non-existent at the time. We just kind of decided to go with Angular. Uh, it was a little more mature at the time and uh, stuck with it. It was Angular JS back then, is that, is that correct? It was Angular 2 already, but uh, it was kind of the beginnings
1: of Angular 2. What about from like a database standpoint? You know, you got Node, you've got Angular, are you using Postgres, are you using DocBase? What were you using back there? so
0: we're using postgres and it's a multi-master postgres so that's um a decision we made pretty early on uh to make sure that we scale geographically to multiple regions with rights Uh, so we have multi-master postgres in in multiple like aws regions
1: so with any mvp you have to make certain decisions and trade-offs about you know what you cut feature-wise in the short term or technical debt you've got to you know, accept and deal with later. So tell me about some of those decisions and trade-offs you had to make and how you coped with them.
0: One of the big trade-offs we made was automated testing. We avoided automated testing to begin with if it wasn't something that we knew either wasn't going to change or it or wasn't like super vital to the product where it can't break. That That's rough. That's, that means that any, you know, without automated testing, you're going to need to be very confident in your code changes without that cushion of oh something catches when i make a mistake and turns out that was a a good decision because i we went from our 1.0 version of our product i think two years ago to um, i'm not sure how long it's been but the 1.0 version of our product to the 2.0 version of our product was a big migration And it's completely like evolved and and very different. So a lot of that testing work would have just kind of thrown away anyway. From the technical side, I'd say that was one of the big trade-offs we made. Another trade-off we made was, I wouldn't say a trade-off, but it's just on the product side, again, making like a minimum viable product. Of course, there's there's still things we don't have capacity to build. We have a million things we want to make and get into the product, but we have to, you know, you have to make trade-offs and decide this is what we're going. We're gonna draw the line here so that we can actually ship something. If you're not, if you're not shipping, you're, you're, you know, it's kind of pointless. Your work is not getting to your customers. We want to produce customer value. That requires
1: we we draw those lines. Sure, that makes sense. You know, as an engineer, it's probably, well, I know it is uh, similar to being an artist, right? And if you have to cut a feature, like you mentioned, due dates, and you have to release the product without that. It can sting a little bit, right? So, how was that for you? Releasing sort of that M and stressing the M and the MVP and 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 seeing your product go out a little bit uh, immature. We were fine with it. We
0: understood what it was, and we knew we were going to continue to push forward. If you can keep the mindset that hey, we want to see people use this first and have them hit the product and understand how they're going to use it before we make some decisions on on pieces of this product. I think it, it doesn't sting too much, you know, there's still work, like to get those features out, there would be work to be done. If you're pushing for perfection, you're never going to hit it and you're never going to have customers using your things. One of our core values at ClickUp is uh, progress towards perfection. Like we know we can't ship something perfect. We don't have the bandwidth if we want to get something to our customers, our customers want it now. We just have to take that into consideration. And I think it's important also that our engineering team works closely with product. I mean, for your MVP, it's pretty easy because there's you know a handful of people working on it, and so everyone you know wears a lot of hats. But even today, it's important that engineering works with product to understand the trade offs and what
1: the plan is. So you've got your MVP, you've shipped it, and you know you mentioned customer feedback. How did you go about progressing the product and maturing it? And I'm interested in how you built your roadmap and decided this is the next most important thing to build.
0: I mean, as ClickUp's grown, we've continued to just innovate on the platform and ship new features almost every week. That was our goal for a very long time, was every Friday, give give our users something. As far as deciding what goes on the roadmap, for, for a long time, it was making sure we hit people's use cases. Uh, so. We want ClickUp to be super customizable and, and available to anyone. Kind of what I was saying earlier is, we want you to be able to work the way you want to work. And so we built our roadmap initially to make sure we could hit those use cases of, hey, I work this way and I can't use ClickUp. That, that's a major red flag and we wanted to fix that. So we got those onto a list, tried to prioritize them as far as how many people are blocked because this doesn't work or, or we don't have this feature and uh, kind of pushed in that direction.
1: Let's we'll switch to team then. So, how did you build your team? And you know, I'm looking for you know what you looked for in those people to indicate that they were the winning horses to join you.
0: I think a, a good way to look at ClickUp and try to understand the, both the culture and values that we have is to just go to our core values on our about page. We we push most decisions and like how we go about things through those core values. Uh, a lot of companies have you know, those have a, a list of core values that are kind of arbitrary words that sound nice and go on a plaque. But we, we really we really thought about these and, and try to push them through our teams of why we do things or, or how, how people can improve and things like that. So that's like working harder and smarter. We're working really hard to get things done and to our clients in, in the right way and get the product they want out. But we're also doing our best to do that in an intelligent way, growing 1% every day, we're all about just you know improving, whether that's getting more automation into our in- platform, so that on the back end and front end of our application, so that we can continue to push without regressions and things like that. I talked about progress towards perfection earlier. Uh, being direct, we don't want to waste time with kind of just not being direct with people uh, and having direct lines of communication, um, so that people understand you know what we're trying to do and and. We can all align and, and move forward towards our goal. We want to deliver on our product as quickly as possible, so we all need to be aligned and moving forward together. And so our core values kind of are how we define the, those what we're what we're looking for in people, right? They're public, so you know you can check them out. And we're hiring, so if they are things that align with a place that you'd like to work at, they definitely define our culture and uh, are a good indication of of what a what life
1: at ClickUp looks like. So how do you protect your team culture, right? So it sounds, you've got your core values that help you filter out the right people to come in. How do you protect that team culture? Uh, because it's paramount, how do you protect that? We,
0: we do the standard practices of, uh, you know, meeting one, with one-on-ones uh, with uh, individuals and going back to regularly and going back to making sure those core values are being met and our cultural, like our culture is, is staying. Uh, as we grow, you know, we continue to have a great onboarding program where we make sure people understand those core values. Uh, if there's a bad egg, we we get rid of it as soon as we can so that it doesn't negatively impact our culture. As we grow, it's just making sure that we continue to do
1: that. Well, let's switch to scalability. So, did you build this to scale efficiently from day one, or were you fighting this as you grew?
0: Just about all of the product we built to scale efficiently when we, uh, as we grow, right? Uh, we grow, we're growing really quickly. So there's always going to be pieces that we have to go back and scale, but we built it to scale efficiently. Cause if we, if we didn't, then we would be con like you were saying, we're, we'd be constantly fighting to make sure that we are ready for the next week because we are growing quickly. And, and so there's constantly new traffic and our current customers are only like, adding more to the platform and then we have new customers. And so as we grow, it's important that everything's built to scale efficiently because we want to not be concentrating on our old things and making sure that they scale. We want to continue to add new value to our customers with uh, the things they're looking for in the platform.
1: So you said you, you engineered it from the beginning to try to, to, to be able to scale. How did you approach that problem? Was it, you know, you talked about, um, you know, the multi-Postgres, uh, you. Were you doing microservices, obviously using AWS? You know, talk to me a little bit about that. From an engineering perspective, yeah, we're looking
0: at uh, making sure that everything horizontally scales from an infrastructure perspective. So luckily, we do have a product that partitions fairly well. Uh, All of your data is pretty much within a workspace, so we can partition out workspaces and horizontally scale our database and app servers. Where you know my my workspaces load can be partitioned over to a certain amount of servers, while you're over there on some other servers. You know, as we scale, you just add continue, You can continue to add servers to to partition out
1: to accommodate more users. So as you step out on the balcony and you look across all you've built with ClickUp, what are you most proud of? I would say that you know we, we stuck with it uh, and continued to push
0: at, in a very crowded space and did it as a team. Uh, I, I really I love our team at ClickUp and we have worked really hard together for the past few years to get the product we have now. And I would say in the future if if we look back in a few years and continue to and do this again, I would say that uh, it would be that we continue to do that. We we could stop now and stop innovating and stop adding new things to our platform, but uh, no one no one intends to do that. We don't we don't intend to just maintain the platform and and you know let it continue to grow user base as far as what we have today. We want to continue to get all of your work in one place, add anything you know, continue to add integrations and new features and improve the the user experience of everything we currently have. And I, th- I think that'll be the future as well as we continue to grow our team. And I think that, you know, as we were talking earlier, we'll continue to add people who fit those core values and it'll be a team that really can get a lot done. Uh, there's different work cultures I think out there. And I'm pretty happy with the one we built of a culture of getting things done. We're a team that wants to build product and, and make something great. That's the culture at ClickUp. We're trying to build a great a great platform here
1: Let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it.
0: Mistakes we, we've made tend to not reach our um, customers because we, we do our best not not to ship crap, <laughs> for lack of a better word. We've worked with some external partners before that we it became clear that it wasn't going to be a good user experience or we weren't gonna get where where we wanted to with them, uh, whether it was, you know, they didn't, they weren't quite honest in the sales process of what their uh, platform could do, or if in the end the partnership wasn't working out. Those were typically mistakes made where we spent a lot of time on something and then we had to basically scrap it and, and you know, there's always like some contract problems and those are those are disappointing because we'll have spent a ton of time uh, trying to get that partnership to work. And it ends up not working. So one of the mistakes I would say uh, we've made is is relying on those external partners sometimes to really be able to fully do what they can do rather than relying on our team who we're confident in can get it done. And we rely on those external partners to try to save time, right? We'll try to try to get something to our customers as quickly as possible. And so it's, it's kind of disappointing when we lose time uh, and don't get to deliver on the feature because we relied on, on an external factor we can't control. You know, another mistake we, ma- we made, I would say it's not necessarily a mistake, but our dashboards feature was uh, originally built as a beta feature and flagged just for certain customers. When we built it, we knew there was a day it would eventually break. <laughs> it was storing a ton of data. And while I wouldn't say it's, a, it's not necessarily a mistake because we, we did it intentionally, it was the fastest way to make it for the customer who wanted it. And it was a feature we knew we were building anyway. So we just had to make sure that it scaled for everyone else before we were able to you know, turn it on and allow everybody to use it.
1: So you talked about this a little bit in the, the balcony question, but perhaps maybe dig into more of the, the innovation or you know some of the things you're excited about, but what, what does the future look like for your product and for your team?
0: Yeah, for our team, we're growing really quickly. I think we've doubled in, in the past year. We're continuing to grow in, as we go forward. We're, you know, we're hiring for basically every position, front-end engineers, back-end engineers, management, QA, uh, across the board from a development perspective and then also in product and just across the company. If you look at our careers page, you'll notice that we're basically just continuing to grow the team to be able to support our growing user base. Um, and to continue to ship those new features we really want to ship you know we we've built a lot of things in ClickUp you know it's all your work in one place so there's a lot that goes with that Uh, but we want to continue to make new things and but we also want to continue and improve those old things in order to do that we have to you know scale our team and continue to grow and that's kind of what the future for our product looks like as well we're continuing to add new things to our platform like recently we launched email in, in ClickUp. So you can email outbound from tasks as comments basically, and you can create a ticketing system or anything like that. And you can kind of be able to interact with people from within ClickUp who are not within your ClickUp and kind of get your email within ClickUp. And we're, we want to, but we want to continue to expand that. That, that again, and we built a, a fairly MVP of our email and ClickUp feature, and we want to expand that. So we're looking to expand our team, but, uh, as quickly as we can while continuing to maintain that culture that you were asking about. Like make sure that we get the right people who are aligned with our vision
1: and our culture of, you know, getting shit done. Let's switch to you, Alex. Who influences the way that you work? You know, CEO, CTO, architect, really any person. Name a person you look up to and why.
0: So, I get this question every once in a while, and um, I don't have a very good answer of a single person, but I, I think it's important to continue to grow and have those influences. And I really like what our management team does. We pick a book once a month that everybody reads, and then we get together and we talk about it, um, whether that's, you know, a book about culture from big companies like Netflix or how, you know, there's the How Google Was Made book and things like that. And we talk about the the lessons you learn in those and whether we align with what they have or whether that's, you know, something we would never want to do. I think it's important to be influenced by looking at other people's stories and what they did and what either challenges they hit or the cool things that are new things they did and how they got it done. And understanding what aligns with your culture and what doesn't. And I, I really like that our team does that. We we get together and we continue to, you know, it's part of our grow 1% every day is you know, continuous improvement. And so we get together, read a book that we think is going to have high impact for our team and discuss and sometimes argue of what, what we get out of it. And that's kind of I would say that's
1: that's what influences me the most. Well, we talked about a mistake, but a little bit different spin. If you could go back to the beginning, what would you do differently? Or where would you consider taking a different approach?
0: I would take a different approach um, as far as when to change our mentality as an engineering team to look at scale, uh, scaling our engineering team. And basically it's interesting in a startup because you start with a mentality of, we have a small team that needs to do everything. And at some point, if if you're continuing to grow and things are going well, you have to change that mentality to we need to scale the team quickly so we can continue to scale with the company and the user base. Uh, the engineering side, typically in a software in a software company, you know, is one of the first teams you have, right? <laughs> Someone has to make the thing. And so we didn't really have a marketing or sales team, so they don't have that kind of mentality ingrained in them as much. Of well no, we don't need to bring on, uh, we don't need to scale as quickly to support that. We can support it ourselves, but we really, we really just need to continue to grow and continue to add great people to our team to be able to do all of the, the things we want to do. And so really, how I, what I would do differently is just shifting that mentality earlier uh, as we
1: started to see success. Well, last question, Alex. So you're getting on a plank, and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who has built the next big thing, but jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world. They can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit?
0: Keep at it. Uh, (laughs) you know, I would say there's a few things, but the one big thing is just keep going. Uh, there's going to be times where it's, it's difficult and there's a lot of work goes into it. It's not done when you, just build something or when you start to, you know, have some revenue inbound, there's it's hard work for, for a very long time. So strap in and, and put in the work uh, and don't stop. The the other thing I would suggest is even when you do think you've reached uh, a good point is not to stop innovating and keep going with your product. Uh, you'll see a lot of companies these days kind of stop uh, once they hit a certain point and start fo- kind of just float on that user base and, and not and stop innovating my suggestions would be don't do that. That's kind of how you become a dinosaur and, uh, someone else comes along and unseats you you from you're no longer the next big thing. There's another next big thing coming along. So that would be my advice is just keep at it. Uh, it's, you know, it's, if if it's truly what you want to do, keep at it. It, it. It is a lot of hard work, but it's, uh, it's rewarding if it is truly what you want to do. And then, um, just keep going. Even when you think, uh, you know, don't, don't get discouraged or don't get complacent. Just keep, keep moving forward.
1: That's great advice. Well, Alex, thank you for being on the show today. And thank you for telling the creation story of ClickUp. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, it was great. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story.